The Choose Love movement offers no-cost solutions that keep our kids safe, providing them with the skills and tools they need to flourish. Join us in our mission to create the world we want to live in, one that's connected and compassionate. Check us out at chooselovemovement.org. Together, we can choose love. Hey, everybody. My name is Scarlett Lewis. I am the founder of the Choose Love Movement. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Choose Love podcast. I have a very special guest. His name is Abraham Frank, and he is with the Moment of Silence Committee. So we're going to hear all about Abraham, but also the Moment of Silence what the what it is first of all what the benefits are and uh, and how you can implement this right away so simple uh just so good for you as well so i'm really excited to have you on abraham thank you so much for joining us thank you for having me uh, absolutely and uh i'm very appreciative of that uh you giving me these opportunities to spread this very simple as you said practice which benefits everybody. There is no luggage here, baggage, should I say. <laughs> um, when you hear the dynamics of this and the results, which I will actually read to you, I have the results. You will see how simple this is and how beneficial this is to especially the children in the public schools or children in any schools. Mm -hmm. Even the adults are getting benefits from it. Um, what this moment of silence is, first of all, it lasts for one minute, at least one minute. And we want the schools to uh, implement this the first thing in the morning by announcing over the loudspeaker that the school will be having this minute of silence. Now, after this minute is over, nothing else needs to be done. The school day goes on as usual. But we do encourage the parents to discuss with the child every night what the child should think about during this minute. So first of all, this already is a benefit that the parent is getting involved with the child's education. And we want the parent to be the main educator of the child as opposed to the principal or the teacher because we're not so sure about the agendas that the principal and the teacher have as much as we know the agendas of the parent, which is that they love their child, they want the best for their child, they want the child to grow up to be the best as possible, physically, mentally, socially, and all levels. So that's why we encourage the parent to discuss with the child every night what they should think about uh, during this minute. In fact, some of the children in the correspondences that I've gotten say they look forward to going to school only because the school has this moment of silence because it relaxes them. Uh, let's get into the benefits. Since I mentioned one, the main benefit is it relaxes the child. You see, we're dealing with children, especially after COVID, that have a lot of issues, or they could have a lot of issues. First of all, it's this going in and out of the school. Is the school open? Is it closed? Do people have COVID? And the child, of course, can develop certain anxieties about that. Why I'm in school? May I shouldn't be in school? That's because of the COVID situation. But even before the COVID situation, we are dealing with certain children that are coming from homes that 
The mother was involved in gang violence the, the day before. The father hasn't come home for two months. The kid didn't get a meal last night. And issues like that. How do you expect a kid to listen in the classroom to a teacher with coming from all these issues? Mm -hmm. So that's why, first of all, this acts as a, how did you say, a trans, a bridge between the school and the, and the, the, and the home. So the kid has a chance to think out all his issues. He has a chance to get rid of his anxieties. And now he could listen to the teacher with more concentration and more focusing. And of course, the teacher benefits from this because she doesn't have to spend so much time disciplining them because the, te the children, children are now attentive, they're relaxed and ready to learn. So that's the dynamics of it. Very simple again. Uh, of course, I want to just add, most importantly, this is free. No one has to pay any money for this and there is no training necessary. No training is necessary because it's so simple. All we're asking the child to do is be quiet for one minute. That's all we're asking. And if people have complaints that, oh, you're wasting the time of this kid's uh, school, uh, school education, you know, why take up the time? This is part of his education. This is not outside of it. This will help the child get ready for school. It's part of his education. An example is, you know, in football, the football players have a huddle before each play. They have to plan out and talk about what they're gonna, what they're gonna do. Congress has uh, uh, moments of silences. States, uh, governments have them. So this is not something you know that was uh, developed overnight. This is something that's an ongoing practice. People know about it, but a very great a leader has emphasized that unfortunately, uh, as we approach the 1980s. Parents were not doing the job they were supposed to be doing. Their main job is to raise the children. And instead, the parents are out with different committees. They're, they're involved with the extracurricular events, social events. Although they may be important, but the most important job of a parent is to raise their child properly. They have to put their all their utmost energy and concentration in making sure the child grows up as a, as, as a healthy child on all levels. So because of this problem that's been plaguing not only this country, but other countries, uh, it's, it, it was suggested, highly suggested and highly advised by the, a very great spiritual leader that the school have to take over the job because if the parent isn't doing it, someone has to do it. So this, this is the suggestion that the school every morning, just to repeat it briefly, announces either over the loudspeaker so the whole school hears it, which by the way is a very, very powerful effect. The fact that you know in your classroom that all the other kids are quiet right now has a, an extra powerful effect. It adds such importance to this uh, activity. And after this minute is over, nothing else needs to be done. So um, <clears throat> I want to get, people are probably anxious to hear, well, what results are you getting from this? It sounds very nice, ideal. It's a nice speech you made, but what are the results? Well, I have the results right here. The results are in the form of letters that the children write hmm. who are doing moment of silence. And I want to read a few letters. 
This letter is from Tyreek Hughes, and he writes, this kid is about seven years old. A moment of silence means that I can think of the people in Trinidad who doesn't have shoes and clothes. Mm. Now, here's a child who not only, he's not only thinking about himself, he's worried about other children in other countries mm -hmm. and shows you how children have inside themselves this attribute of not only caring about themselves, they care about other people. What, what's going on in other countries? How are they doing financially and socially? So that's a really um, important attribute that children have. Now we have another letter uh, from a Mr. Williams. How the moment of silence makes me feel, for example, it makes me feel good. Secondly, it makes me feel proud of myself. It makes me feel like I'm somebody. Lastly, it is for these reasons how we feel about the moment of silence. Now, a very, very uh, prominent educator pointed out, do you know, for a child to write this or an adult, it would take 10 years of therapy <laughs> to, to, to write that a person feels proud of himself. And this is occurring in one minute. Now... Just think of the power of this one minute, and this child wrote such a letter. Of course, he did it for a few weeks, but not years and years in therapy. So just uh, in the back of our minds, think how powerful one minute a day of silence could be. Here's another letter from Hallie, age seven, in second grade. This is from a school in British Columbia. Our quiet moment is awesome because you get time to think about you and your family. I love that you made this quiet moment up. Thank you very, very, very much. Can we do it for two minutes instead? Oh, I love kids. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another letter from a child in Brooklyn whose name is Kwasi Pras. This kid is in the fourth grade. Every morning, we observe a moment of silence. The moment of silence means a lot to me. I think about how to be quiet in the hallway. I think about how quiet it is, and there is no sound in the whole school. Incredible. Uh, Incredible. We're talking about one minute. We're talking about one minute. One minute. Silence in the beginning of the day, correct? That's, right when they come in and before they start their classes they, right. they sit in their seats and they are instructed to just be quiet right and and still for one minute that's it here's another letter from a child uh i sat to class also in the fourth grade a school in brooklyn new york i'm quiet for my dad and my mom i miss my dad so much I wish he comes back. That can make you cry, you know. <laughs> These le the letters are simple letters. As you notice, everybody, there is no politics whatsoever. There's no religion. There's no agendas. These are just children writing what's on their mind and what they're feeling. That's all it is. And again, it says in a lot of the psychology books, when children or even adults have 
times to be quiet, to meditate, thoughts come to them that they never had before. Certain character traits that they never had a chance to express because the whole day they're being bombarded by stimulation, all of a sudden come to the fore and become conscious. And we see this in these letters that they're writing. Here's a letter from a child, again from Canada, who writes, at my school, we recently started having a daily quiet moment in the beginning. Oh, in the beginning, I thought the quiet moment was a waste of time. <laughs> but now I believe it is a good thing for all the students here. And it helps me relax after lunch and lets me clear my head. During recess, we cannot relax because of all the action going on around us. The hyper kids playing games and screaming and not in class either because I can't just, uh, and not in class. Um, I have, I have adjusted to the daily quiet moment and I strongly believe this should be continued. The quiet moment should be practiced in every school so the students can focus in class time and not be preoccupied with other business in their lives. Now I want to uh, read a letter from a principal who has been practicing moment of silence uh, for the last few years. He's now retired. But this is a letter uh, from this principal, Solomon Long in Brooklyn, who has been uh, practicing at, this, uh, at the writing of this letter for about a year or two. He writes, PS91 began the moment of silence this, this school year in October. We did not know what to expect, but we thought it was a great idea. I was under the impression that the moment of silence was not accepted by the chancellor. But Mr. Frank showed me a letter from the chancellor's office, giving it his stamp of approval. I tried it a few mornings, and my staff and parents gave it their blessings. We do it every morning as a steady part of our morning announcements. It affects calm among the children. I have been here at PS91 since 1991, 17 years, and something wonderful happened this year. I cannot say that the moment of silence had everything to do with our testing results, but we had a 12 percentage point increase of our reading scores this year, uh, according to the state English language assessment. PS91 will continue to do the moment of silence for the remainder of this year and next year because it is something that we need to do. I would recommend that my colleagues adopt a moment of silence immediately because socially and emotionally, it does make a difference. Um, and you know I what, before you read another one, I, yes. I, I, want, I want to make a comment because I want to make two comments that I'm thinking Please. about first, um, right after my son, Jesse died in the Sandy Hook tragedy at his funeral, I asked everybody, to please think about what they were thinking about and to change an angry thought into a loving thought every day. And, you know, they came back after a week and said that changed their life. And so, you know, what you're talking about, this moment of silence is really just that. It is really just taking a moment. We have such breakneck paces and we're our brains are, are the, these cell phones are changing the way that our brains are wired. They're reducing our attention span and making us distracted and anxious. 
um, definitely having something to do with that. And so taking a moment to, and, and basically, you know, for me, um, you know, I've been promoting essential life skills now for 11 years. And what you are talking about is self and social awareness. And this is what we're hearing about with the letters that the kids are writing in. So it's a time for them to take a moment. Uh, some people call it brain break. Um, and, and to check in with themselves, because if you don't take that moment and, and really ideally you take it throughout the day, but think about, and not everybody does this. I mean, most people don't, I think take a moment to think about what you're thinking about and to check in with how you're feeling. It's called being self-aware. Ooh, I'm feeling anxious right now and upset. And I wonder, I wonder why, because if I don't, pause to try to figure it out and understand that I have to do something to change the way that I feel that I'm victimized uh, and, uh, you know, to my feelings. And we're not, we can choose to shift if we have some skills and tools in this moment of silence. Silence can be one of those skills and tools. So then even in one of the letters you said, so then first comes this self-awareness. So we're aware of ourselves. And that also includes, you know, becoming aware of what we're feeling. But then also uh, it becomes social awareness. How I'm feeling is coming across to you and how what I'm saying is impacting you. And if I'm communicating my needs effectively to you. I mean, it's really, really important stuff. And it sounds like that these kids are getting that in one minute, which is really incredible. It's really, everything you said is right on the ball, uh, Scarlett. Everything you said. And um, it's just, it's, it's like we're giving a gift to these kids. They get, oh, hold on. I have to turn this off. <laughs> okay. And uh, and uh, if it, we just have to approach people who can really see the benefits of this and how, if, if especially since it doesn't cost anybody any money, why why not use it? It's it's uh, it's just uh, an amazing thing. Now I just also we now um, since we got these letters and seen these results. And because of the unfortunate uh, school shootings around the country. Uh, I'm familiar with those. You're familiar. We came up with a, another brochure that, that actually connects uh, the shooters with uh, who we got a profile from the FBI and from the Secret Service of these school shooters. And... Um, we saw that a lot of them would communicate before they did what they did. They would communicate it to the social media, write out, write about it, yeah, maybe announce it. Papers, they announce it. So, um, and then, by the way, I'll just add: there are people that, in the aftermath after it happens, that say, "Yep, I knew it. I knew something like that was going to happen." You know, and um, it's like. That's also part of self-awareness and, and, right. and social awareness and personal right. responsibility, right. you know, doing something about uh, uh, something that you think might happen. You know, we, we right. all really, you know, part of my message is we have to do something. I think for too long we we wait and think right. somebody is going to take care of it for us, you know, and and. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's justification to that thinking. I mean, we all pay taxes and the number right. one thing our taxes go to is to keep us safe. 
And right. uh, But then, you know, a few decades in when our kids are killing each other and we right. have violence in the streets and we have right. violence in our movie theaters and uh, right. restaurants and other places, it's like at some point we have to say these are our communities right. and we are going to take responsibility. We are going to stand up and do do something. It's, got, right. it's not, not post, not, you know, you actually have to do something. And this is what I like about the moment of silence. It is a way to do something to right. be part of the solution. And it and it, you know, it doesn't have to be, it can be something simple like this that right. can create a big change. Right. So uh, in, in regard to what you just said, so we came up with the connection that since these kids we notice are writing their feelings, their deepest feelings and thoughts on paper, mm. this is a way to prevent further school shootings because if we tell these kids, okay, I want everyone to write that, write down a letter entitled, what does the moment of silence mean to me, mm -hmm. mean to you? So they will then embark on a letter with, and they'll write down their feelings and thoughts. And now if some kid is having a problem, he's going to write it down. And then when the teacher collects the letters, she's going to notice, oh, this child is having an issue. Let's take him aside and deal with it. Instead of you can't have 10 or 15 guidance counselors monitor hundreds of thousands of kids in the school. It's impossible. And you can't have policemen uh, uh, supervising people's thoughts and feelings. So this is a way to monitor children who are having issues before the issues build up and the kid explodes. So these letters are a, another way to, uh, is, is one way, because society doesn't have a solution to these school shootings. Right. Because no, they cannot no. detect them before they happen. This is one way that uh, we can, in, in some, to some degree, find out which kids are having the issues and deal with them before they mount up and, and, and becomes uh, impossible to deal with. Yeah. So um, that's uh, now, as far as we have here, uh, another letter from a principal from uh, Canada. His name is Patrick Odette. Uh, here's what he writes. Dear Abraham Frank, we have been doing the moment of silence since January uh, of 2011. We do our quiet time each day at 1236, just after our lunch break. So this person decided to do it after lunch. I didn't want to take issue with him since he was doing it. Right. So since he was doing it already at lunch, so let him do it at lunch. And uh, But it came out to be very successful, as you'll hear his letter. We call it our quiet moment. And it lasts for one and a half minutes. Our whole school population takes part each day. We have been written up in the newspaper, and we have been on the local radio station with interviews about the program. I have included the newspaper clipping for you. I have sent along a big, pack big package of writing about a quiet moment. Some of them are very good and some are a bit weak, but you mentioned that you wanted to read them all. So I have included almost all the writing I have received so far. I did not include ones that were repetitive and seemed to be too much uh, like the ones already included. I received... 175 written comments, which is about half the school, 88% were positive, 
and 6% were neutral and 6% were negative. <laughs> Interesting, don't you think? The 10 negative comments were mostly from grade seven. <laughs> I think that's when they start thinking about themselves, right? But the comments were along the lines of, I don't like being quiet. That was the, <laughs> one student didn't like putting his head on the desk. I'm going to suggest that he doesn't have to put his head on his desk. He can just sit. Almost all of the positive comments mentioned that they liked the quiet, the peacefulness, and how their brain relaxed. I have not made any profound observations about improved behavior or improved attitude towards learning yet. However, I do like how the whole school feels during and after our quiet moment. And I like how it makes me feel too. Reading the 88% of the positive messages has convinced me that we are doing the right thing and we will build on this success by talking about it more with parents. That's all for now. Best wishes, Pat or Dad Principal. So um, if uh, people are not yet convinced, <laughs> I don't know what else we can do to convince them that this is an all-win situation. Everybody wins. This, also, this, this is like the air. Is anybody against the air? Of course not. We all <laughs> have to so, breathe. Yeah. So this is similar. So I, we haven't even received any negative criticisms from anybody. Even we got a letter, which I don't have right now. Uh, parents used to drop off the children at a certain school. Before they went to work, they purposely stayed there to listen to the moment of silence so, because they know it would relax them. Then they went off to work. That's awesome. Isn't that That's something? Awesome. Well, I mean, okay, so with that being said, and, and I get asked this question a lot too. Yeah. listening to you, it makes so much sense. It's so easy. It's free. Requires no training. Everyone can do it at once. And it's one minute. So, but you do get pushback. People say to me all the time, who, who gives you pushback? Who doesn't do, you know, choose love? Well, I want to say the same to you. I mean, who, what are the reasons that you would push back against the moment of silence? Um, oh. yeah. Okay. Well, some people for whatever reason want to say, Oh, I know you want to get the religion in the school. So I say to them, um, there's no religion here. If you heard these letters, no one talked about God in the letters. No one spoke about religion. And if a kid thinks about God, so is he doing a sin? Is he hurting anybody? I what forbid. is he doing? <laughs> He's not hurting anybody. Right. I mean, no one can monitor someone's brain as to tell them what to think. Right. The middle of silence is designed not only for non-religious people, even for atheists. Atheists are writing how much benefit this is to them. We have ADD people writing how their marks have improved. All kinds of people can use this, whether you're religious or not religious. This is mainly a psychological, mental benefit, that, an emotional benefit. So if you want to use it for religion, use it for that. If you want to use it for something else, you want to think about the baseball game last night, think about that. The main goal here is that it relaxes the person. He gives his mind a a free frame of thinking. He could release his thoughts, his anxieties, mm -hmm. his, his doubts, 
And then he could, you know, go home and ask his mother about it. His mother will ask him, how was the moment of silence today? They can have a discussion. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I went to a, a, a um, drug addiction meeting out in Staten Island. And the main problem that they pointed out was lack of parental supervision. The parents are not tracking where the kid goes, who he hangs around with, what is he doing. I mean, it's the parents' fault, as we pointed out earlier. Why aren't they supervising their kids? And that goes with drugs, that goes with anything else. That, that's the parents' prime responsibility uh, to, to supervise the kids, to be with the children, take them out, spend time with them. This is their main job. Of course, the father has to go out and make a living. Okay, that's understandable, you know. And the mother, the by the way, and the mother. I was a single parent. I'm the oh. mom and the dad. So, oh. <laughs> so yeah. we, it can be done it can, by one person. Can do it all if you have the desire and the will. That's right. Um, or you have to. <laughs> you have to have the desire. And the will. Right. So this is geared to everybody. It doesn't matter what your race is, what your sexual orientation is, what your religion is. It doesn't matter what you are. This is a, a, a necessary human need. That's what this is. It's a human need. Mm. And it's become more and more necessary as we see how the world is uh, becoming more. It, there's more stimulation. There's more things going on. Wars are going on. People are having all kinds of agendas. But a person needs to be free. You know, these children, they're, they're, some of them are like in a, in a mental prison. They can't break out. They think, I have to follow this. I see an advertisement. I have to buy this. I have to do this. What do you mean you have to? You're a free person. In your mind, you could think whatever you want. And then if you, 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 it, it's, it's, you're not locked in and no one's in a prison here. And, you know, the main prop, uh, purpose of a school is not so much to gather children together and feed them facts. That's, the, that, that's not as important as developing and molding the child's character. That's the most important thing of an, educa- of an, of an, of an educator. Mm-hmm. Of course, the children have to grow up with skills. They have to know how to read. They have to know how to add math skills. All these are very important so the child has a, a skill. So when he grows up, he, he can make a living. Of course, that's important. But the, the, the goal of social develop, character development should not be underemphasized. It's too uh, uh, underemphasized today, and it must be inculcated in the, in the school. Now, I just want to tell you uh, something about this, a story from uh, the same principal, Solomon Long. He had an incident in his school where a child came to school with a gun, Okay. The kid must have been about nine years old. So after they took away the gun and they confiscated it and everything, so he called together in his office his social worker, his guidance counselor, his educational consultant, and he said, here I have in front of me $500,000 worth of salaries. How come you didn't know what this boy did? How come we didn't know what he did? So they all shrugged the soldiers. Like, we don't know. Interesting. So he, he was t- giving the speech to the audience. He said, you know why they didn't know? They couldn't get into his head. That's why they didn't know. So with these letters, where the kids are writing down their deepest thoughts and feelings, you could get into the child's head and know what's going on 
and and treat the child before something uh, drastic happens. Mm -hmm. So this is an actual incident that happened in the school, and th this this um, uh, it just points out again the the great benefit of writing these letters. Now um, I just want to point out again uh, the 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 amount of success that we've had is, is the following: we have changed the laws in three states so far, the state law, which is before we got to the state, the uh, moment of silence was an optional uh, activity. The school could do it or they don't have to do it. It's up to them. In almost all cases, the school will not do it. The teacher thinks it's a burden. Oh, another thing I have to do. So we got together with some politicians and changed the laws from optional to mandated. Wow. The moment of silence is now mandated in the whole state of Florida, in the whole state of Arkansas, and in the whole state of Arizona. Oh, wow. We also got one province in Alaska mandated. Wow. So we're talking about millions of kids are doing moment of silence right now. Amazing. Right. And because the states are seeing, people are seeing that this is a necessity. Uh, you know what, Abraham, you're, you said uh, something. You said it's a necessary human need, this this right. moment of silence. Right. Could you elaborate on that a little bit? Oh, <laughs> well, um, you know, my wife's a social worker and she has a lot of books on stress management. And they emphasize in those books how important it is to set aside a time, like you mentioned before, uh, everyone, not only children, adults, especially people who are CEOs. Uh, I bet there's a book now, a very successful book, uh, the most successful book on uh, meeting people. Uh, his name was, um, it came out in, in the uh, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, I can't even think the name of the author right now. Um, I have the book and I can't, right now can't think of the name. But in this book, he writes that there are CEOs who every week sit down in a closed room away from the family and make an accounting of what happened during the week, what he said to clients, what, he, what mistakes he made, and how he can correct them. And this person did it um, for, he does it every week in his room going over what happened uh, in his business. Would this and be he, Dale Carnegie? How to win it. friends and influence people? That's exactly the book, right. <laughs> read that book. Everybody listening should read it. It's fantastic. Right, right. Every child. I mean, that should, that's a great book. <laughs> right, right. That's the book. And they write so many stories of people taking account of their lives, thinking about what did I say today? Yep. What did I say to people this week? Did I affect them positively? Right. And um, in this way, they built up clientele and their business actually grew. More money came in through them doing this accounting of the soul, so to speak, mm. because they went over successes, which they will repeat, and failures, which they corrected. Mm -hmm. So that's the name of the book. Right. And it's the human need, not only for business. A person himself has to go over how he speaks to people, his how he acts to people, how he acts to his wife, how he acts to his children. And then 
examine those thoughts and, and actions and say, maybe I can do it better. And that will improve the family life. It will improve all aspects of the person's life, not only the family life, the social part, but even the economics, the finances will be improved because his relationship with people will be on a higher level. People will respect him more. People will like this person more because he's acting so kindly to me and respecting me so much. And it's a, it's a, it has a, a, an effect that goes in all areas. That's why it's a human need. It's something that uh, a, a human needs to do very simply, you know? Yes. I was thinking about how important the moment of silence is to our self-esteem. Oh. And if you look up the statistics on how we feel about ourselves, and this is in America, 85% supposedly of Americans lack self-esteem. And oh. self-esteem is how you feel about yourself. Now, to think about how impactful that is, not just in your life, how limiting it is. If you don't feel good about yourself, um, it, 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 it impacts every relationship that you have, every opportunity that comes by. It, it, it determines your narrative that you tell yourself uh, it, it might lead to, to self-blame and, and chastisement of yourself. It might look like you are, uh, you know, I mean, there's so many different ways. Um, it also leads to not being able to take responsibility for yeah. things that happen, not being able to apologize. Yeah. And, you know, when you don't do those things, then you can't learn from your mistakes. So you make mistakes. It, it can actually snowball into not being able to face your pain and handle your pain and uh, and leading to a, a sense of hopelessness. I mean, it is something that we have to address mm -hmm. as a society. And that's another reason why I really like this moment of silence. I mean, with the Choose Love movement, we have programming and we have something similar in the beginning of every single lesson is about uh, three, four, five, six minutes of some sort of mindful activity. So it's it's sitting in silence. It might be listening to uh, one of our mindfulness trainers. Uh, it might be watching a small video on your brain or something. It is a time for you to be with yourself. We also have journals and we do a lot of journal writing because that's a, a lot of great self-reflection time. How else do you learn who you are mm -hmm. as a human being? Contemplate on your purpose and your and meaning of things that are happening in your life. If you don't take time to think about this stuff, you can literally have these needs go unmet your entire life. We know that meaning and purpose leads to happiness and fulfillment and contentment or not if you don't have meaning and purpose. And so, you know, you, you begin to really dig down and see how incredibly important this is. Uh, the moment of silence can help you learn who you are and uh, it can lead to different insights into where you should go and, and how you can manage difficulty in your life. Because as human beings, I always say we all want and need to love and be loved, but we all also feel pain. We all go through 
difficulty. And unless we take a moment to get curious about what that difficulty is, uh, to think about, you know, like for instance, maybe because so much of this is going on, a bullying behavior, um, to, to pause and to think about the point of pain that the other person is, is coming from the bully, because obviously nobody tries to hurt somebody else verbally, physically, emotionally in any way, unless they're coming from a point of pain. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, and then you can manage that situation being in your full power with compassion. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's what we teach in Choose Love. But I mean, that comes from contemplation and, and reflection and thinking. And we've gotten into this this part in our society where we are so, uh, we, we need so much stimulation. It's, it's, it's kind of like we're all a bunch of dopamine addicts. You know, it's like you've got your cell phone in your hand and when there's a lull in the conversation, you go to scrolling, which is a great analgesic, starts the flow of dopamine, you know? And, uh, and I can't, I mean, I was at a, uh, the Newtown, um, athletic center and a bunch of parents had dropped their kids off. And so the kids were playing sports, but the waiting area where the parents were, uh, they had 10 tables and there were 10 parents and there was one parent per table. Like, I can't make this up. I wish I had a picture. Uh, One parent per table. And they were all like this. They were all on their phones. And I was thinking, my gosh, if we didn't have phones, what would this look like? It would look like probably two full tables. It would look like sharing and talking and uh, and and making friendships and maybe helping somebody through a difficulty that they were having with their child. Um, maybe single people would be getting together, you know. But instead, they were completely separate and getting their dopamine hits on what I call our, our brand new kind of version of a crack pipe, our cell phone. I know we can have good uh, good things about it too, but at the same time, it is not how we are designed as human beings to think, to take in information. We're, we're designed as, as for, foragers for information. Now, all of a sudden, it's being pumped to us. We're designed, Abraham, to look into each other's eyes. And I, you know, I, I look at... Actually, when we were masked up, I realized how much I relied on facial expression and gesticulation to understand somebody. I would go into schools and these little kids would be masked up and I I would have to have what they said translated by the teacher because I literally couldn't understand them with the masks on. So we are, you know, we have mirror neurons and this is how we connect. This is how we get oxytocin, which is also the the love hormone that is the bonding hormone that has all sorts of great effects on us. But when we don't slow down to make these connections, when we don't put this thing down uh, and, and, and use our mind, the way it was designed, like our mind is changing. Our brain is being rewired. And I truly believe that this moment of silence can be very beneficial. Even that, even thinking a, a even changing a thought from negative to positive starts to rewire your brain. You start developing better habits just by making that choice. So we can do it. Um, and and this seems such a simple way to to start um, 
kind of adding that positive influence into not only our lives as big kids, but also our kids. Yeah. 100%. Whatever you say was beautiful. <laughs> 100% agree. Uh, well, I stay up. I stay up. And I think about stuff like this, Abraham, oh. I mean, you know, and I'm personally invested. My son was murdered yeah. in his first grade classroom in what is still the worst mass murder in an elementary school. It never should have happened. Um, our kids should not be killing each other. And we need to rack our brains because it is our responsibility as adults. We are responsible for the fact that our kids are killing each other, that 5,400 teenagers come, uh, attempt suicide every single day. And those are the ones that we know about and, and multiples of that think about it every day. Uh, mental illness uh, is a, a at a crisis level and only getting worse. Substance abuse, we have more deaths by overdoses than ever before in the history of mankind. And it continues to get worse every single year. We have to have these conversations. Uh, I don't see ChatGBT coming to a conclusion, or if they did, we're not implementing it. So we have to have these conversations and we have to search for solutions and we have to put them in place. And so, you know, I, like we have this beautiful program. It is no cost. It does require teaching, although we are going to be launching uh, a, a portal where we, we will even teach it for you. But, you know, but you have to do something. And here's the incredible thing about that, Abraham. It's like all of this anxiety that everybody's feeling, the opposite of anxiety is positive action. So the minute that you do a positive action, and it could be the moment of silence, you start to feel better. And you start to increase your self-esteem. You start to feel better about yourself. That increases your self-confidence. Ooh, I can do this. So yeah. I took one step. I'm going to take another because yeah. this makes me feel good. And yeah. that's what we need. We need to start yeah. feeling good. And and But, but we are going to have to get out of our comfort zone and grow a little bit in order to do that. Beautifully said. I couldn't have said it better. <laughs> it was just beautiful. Um, there was this, um, I used to listen to a lot of rock music. Uh, I know I like rock music. Oh, yeah. Well, I yeah, have you do you remember the group called Frank Zapp and the Mothers of Invention wow. in the 60s? Frank, in the Zappa? 60s. Frank Zappa and the Mothers of Invention. Okay, I've, he heard, had, I've heard of Zappa. Yeah, okay. Well, he had a song called Who Are the Brain Police? Okay, they asked Mrs. Zappa, What is this song about? We can't figure it out. He says, I'll tell you what it's about. There are millions of people walking around, beating themselves for no reason. Like the police taking their sticks and beating people. People are walking around and beating themselves up for no reason. So this is what we're talking about. The, the low self-esteem, the, 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 the thought that I can't control anything. This is opposite of how we made up. The brain has control over everything. You can think and will whatever you want. And somehow the society has influenced a lot of people that they, they lost control. Mm -hmm. they, don't like, they, have, they never lost control. Mm -hmm. They tried to convince us that we lost control. Correct. You know? I agree. Yeah, you it's know? a choice away. It is a choice. Yeah. Away. Although I have met people yeah. that didn't know that they had 
a choice to choose love. Really? I met them in prisons and I they can't. have committed the most heinous crimes. And when you tell them that they could make a different choice, that they can choose love, it's like their their entire their eyes change their demeanor changes it's like this whole world opens wow. up to them because they never knew because no one told them and no one told them how and this is your foot in the door right here moment of silence <laughs> i i couldn't have said it better <laughs> again um so let's go i i just wanted to discuss um yes. you made a comment uh, 40 years ago that parents kind of needed to step it up wow. and, uh, you know, and I'm thinking as a parent, and of course, when you're saying that, I'm thinking, uh, I'm a little bit defensive cause I'm like, well, you know, there are situations I'm a single parent. I had a full-time job. I had a long commute uh -huh. and I had to bring my kids to daycare early in the morning and they actually got bus to a different daycare so I could pick them up, you know, later and they had a long day at wow. school and there was nothing that I could do about it. And uh, so, I mean, you have unfortunate situations yeah. out there. Um, right. You know, we teach you can't always choose what happens to you, but you can always choose how you thoughtfully respond. So I mm. always thought, you know, I can't I can't choose this right now. I'd love to work closer. Gosh, would I love to drop my sons off at school. Um, and sometimes I couldn't even go to the teacher meetings wow. um, because I was at work and I couldn't get off. So I understand, yeah. you know, I understand the, uh, the difficulty that parents have. And a lot of times now because of the economy and inflation, you've wow. got two parents that are working yeah. and, and, you know, you have a, a lot of kids at home. But I mean, with that being said, uh, that is not an excuse. Right. You still have to put your best foot forward as a parent. It is still your responsibility. And by the way, your child's safety, health, and well-being is always your responsibility. It doesn't matter where they are. I mean, I kind of had it in my head. Oh, well, when my boys are at school, it's the school's responsibility for their safety, health, and well-being. Obviously, I can take a break because I'm working. Right. And then, you know, when I when I get home, they then transfer to my responsibility. I kind of, I did think that because then after Jesse's murder, I thought, wait a minute, I was responsible for his safety at school. Nobody, I mean, nobody was like, oh, it was my responsibility. I apologize or anything, right? No, you don't get that. So it's your reason. I think parents need to realize that your child's safety, health, and well-being are your responsibility. It doesn't matter where they are and especially at school. So that means that you need to be involved. It means that you need to take the moment of silence, the choose love programming, and you need to literally get involved and ask the questions because you know at this point every school should have one or the other or both every school we know too much there are decades of research that show that not only you know does this teaching raise grades and test scores graduation rates uh, but it lessens and it helps with relationships friendships classroom climate. It, wow. it, and by the way, it is the way to be safe because if you look at the Department of Homeland Security's pathway to violence, it starts with the grievance. 
And then it stair steps up through different kind of ideation, preparation, that type of thing to an attack. And because we do have a negative bias and we focus on problems, we have like war on drugs, uh, uh, like all these different things, anti-bullying. It's like, hmm, how is that working for us? But anyway, focusing on the problem, well, what did we do? After these school shootings, we focused on the attack end. We hardened schools. We locked them down. We do active shooter drills where we put kids in these unimaginable situations that unfortunately for my son, who had just had an active shooter drill three weeks before, came true exactly like he was told. Um, but, you know, we what I did was say, wow, there's so much there. It's a billion dollar industry to address the attack end of the pathway to violence. Not many people are focusing on the grievance end or the root cause. And it turns out the grievance is not only a root cause of violence, but it's the root cause of substance abuse, of mental illness, of like really all of the escalating diseases of despair that our society are experiencing. And guess what? We can proactively reduce and prevent not only violence, but all those other diseases of despair by addressing this grievance end, by giving kids the skills and tools they need. And by the way, a moment of silence is a skill and tool. It is a skill and tool that you learn through sitting there with your class, but that you will learn that you will keep with you in your tool belt of life your entire life. You know, it's the same with the skills and tools that the Choose Love movement teaches. These are these are lifetime, these are called essential life skills that you will have in your tool belt your entire life. And it'll positively impact every aspect of your life. And it helps you be the best version of yourself. And that's what we all want. We have one life. So this is really, really important. I know that you are so passionate about it. And uh, we've talked about this for years, Abraham, and I am so passionate about it. And I'm so glad that we finally got a chance to come together and to do this podcast. Right. So I wanted to, it just occurred to me, uh, first of all, one of the things you said, very important, the, the great spiritual leader that I was referring to also mentioned this in his speech, that um, when there's a dangerous situation, it's not important to discuss so much the causes of it, the most important thing is to rescue the person out of the danger. And he said that, 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 that in other words, the root of the problem, that he said that parents, uh, you know, when the kid goes to school as a preparation, give them a sandwich or two sandwiches. And if it's a girl, the, the parent dresses her in a very nice dress. And it should be even nicer than her friend should have, never mind the expense involved. And the parents think they have complete, completely fulfilled their, their role as a parent. They have deluded themselves. This is not the main role of the parent, giving sandwiches to the kids or dressing the child in the most beautiful dress. The, the main problem, the, the main fault, as we discussed, is to raise the child in the proper way. So you really are in line with your thinking is on the level of this great spiritual leader. I want to just compliment you on that. Um, so it's like, you know, a lifeguard sitting and watching someone drowning. Mm -hmm. So what is, what is the, the behavior of a lifeguard is she's starting, I don't know, why is this guy drowning? Maybe because he didn't take a swimming lesson. Maybe he doesn't do that. The first thing does is he jumps in the water and rescues the person from drowning. 
So this is what we have. This is what the moment of silence is attempting to do: to rescue the person because he's drowning in whatever problems that he has. And that's what our kids are doing right now. They're drowning. Yeah. That's what the statistics tell us. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's so big. So do you, uh, so important. Do you want to say anything to kind of wrap up today? We could talk all day, but. Yeah, really what I wanted to ask you is, I noticed you you were on the uh, the, the advisory board of pres- uh, which, which president, was it Trump or the one before? When they had these, um, there was a panel of people who unfortunately lost children in, in school violence. Yeah, that was in the Obama administration. Obama. I, maybe you have some connection there that we could, uh, you know, it, politically, maybe you, you still have a connection with somebody there. I, w- I was thinking uh, maybe. Uh, I don't. And, oh, you don't. You know, and I've, I've really, I had a top down, bottom up approach when I started. So I did start at oh. the White House all the way down to individual educators. And it, oh. it turns out educators, you know, as you're listening to this, that you guys were the top and uh, we didn't really get much help from the White House, but um, but we are, you know, we just continue to to move forward. It's like, it's like I was saying, like, we are responsible. We're the ones that are gonna have to do the work. There's nobody that's gonna come from the White House or, or any other leader to come and fix this. You know how I know that? Because if they, if they could have, they would have. And they're not coming. So we need to work on this ourselves. In fact, in fact, it's not even our priority right now. Our priority is overseas in in wars and all these other uh, crazy things that are happening in our world. We need to, uh, you know, make our children our priority. That is our priority. Mm -hmm. And we need to act upon it. And so, uh, you know, really, really simple thing to do is this moment of silence and um and also the choose love movement yeah. i mean it's available on our website and how, how can they um how can is there anything that they can download is there a website that they can go to yeah. if they want more information yeah we have a website called moment of can you can you are you able to flash that on the screen when you're yes. editing sure moment of okay and they can email me and you can put my email down afsilence at gmail.com okay and they can call me too. Excellent. Whoever wants to get involved, I'll be very happy to uh, assist them to get involved with them. And there's no course whatsoever. Amazing. That's you know? just amazing. And I know that yeah. you've really, you've really dedicated a good portion of your life to doing this. And I want to thank you for that yeah. because it is really, really important. And you keep saying it and you remind me of me because oh. it's the same you know we're saying the same things Thank to one you. another we've known each other now for years and yeah. it's this it, and it's so important that we're just going to keep shouting it from the rooftops until everybody hears and understands so everyone listening to this please pay this podcast forward share it like it send it to your school get people to listen talk about this stuff it's really really important this is something positive that you can do and i guarantee that if you do that you will feel better you will have reduced anxiety and uh and and you can rest assured that you're part of the solution so thank you very much abraham thank you for everything that you do for our children and for continuing on in this journey, I'm so happy to have you alongside me in this journey. You know, we're both working together to make the world a better place and to take care of our kids. And so we we call that choosing love. So 
Thank you for choosing love. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks everybody listening and uh, go out and make the world a better place. It's all part of us. We can all choose love. It'll lift you up if you let it in. Let the healing begin.